Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome back to The Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY, 91.3 FM WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982. Brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. Welcome back for a Friday afternoon show. My name is Evan Harrington. I am joined by Tanner Saunders, Frank the Tank Lopez, and Daniel Dell. So we have a pretty action-packed episode for today. But before we get into a lot of Bills and, and Sabres talk, we are going to get into our Buffalo State... What? What? Oh, sorry, Devin Levi just signed his entry level, but continue. All right, yeah, we'll get into that later. But be- <laughs> before we get into our Bills and Sabres talk and Devin Levi talk, we're getting into our Buffalo State Athletics Friday interview, like we always do every Friday, with Buffalo State track and field. Nat Sawyer, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, so just, you know, to kind of kick things off a little bit, um, what got you into track and field growing up? Um. Originally, it was just something to keep myself in shape, like just started out as like just a sport. I had to do a lot of sports. That's what my parents wanted me to do. So seventh grade came around in middle school and they asked me to join the track team. And I was like, why not? (laughs) So it was kind of just like a spring of the moment thing. And yeah. What was that type of experience, like just kind of going right into the the fire? Like it was just kind of something you just got into right in seventh grade? Um. Originally, I was doing basketball at the same time, so it was, like, hard trying to manage both of those. But once I actually started running, it was okay. The team was really nice and welcoming, so it wasn't, like, overwhelming until I started running varsity the next season. And that kind of, like, amped up things, but still, it was fine. I still took it as fun. Did you position you play in basketball? Um, I was a point guard, but I was a really bad point guard. <laughs> that was actually a question I was going to ask. Is like, so you, you mentioned you did track in seventh grade, and then you moved on. You're still playing basketball. Did did track just like overtake basketball right away, or did you kind of like balance both for a little bit? Um, I tried to balance both. So eighth grade, I did seventh grade. I did both basketball and track. Eighth grade, I started basketball, but then track just became too much with like also trying to do schoolwork. So I was like, I think I'm excelling more in track than I ever would have in basketball. So I kind of just went down that route. All right. So one question I have, because myself, I'm a bit of an avid runner, not track and field, obviously, but just for leisure, I like to run. I think in the past two years, I've ran almost 245 miles. But one thing I struggle with is like motivation, like on a day like today, where it's like, you know, 30 some odd degrees, terrible weather, like I have a hard time willing myself up out of bed trying to to go for a run because I usually like to run outside. So when you don't want to run, how do you stay motivated? Um. I usually just think about all of the things I've gotten done so far and then what more I have to offer. So, like, it's a big want. Like, you have to Mm want to do the things that you want to achieve. So if I'm feeling like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed, I have to think about, well, I I have to do better in all of my other events, which requires me to get out of bed and do it. So Mm -hmm. it's just the want and motivating yourself, have self-motivation. Yeah. Talking about motivation, was there any runner that you looked up to growing up that just kind of inspired you a little more while, you know, doing track and field growing up? Uh, like like Olympian? Olympian, just like someone you ran track with in high school or anything like that? Um, well, in a, like, bigger idol aspect, Allison Felix. That girl is literally amazing. She had a child, came back, ran in the Olympics. She's, abs- she's the definition of want. 
in my opinion. Like, you, if you can have a child and still be able to perform at such a high level, you want, you want it more than everyone else. You have such a drive to get you there. And then, yeah. Oh, okay. So, obviously now you're here, you're here at Buffalo State. Um, what about the track and field program, you know, made you want to come here and, you know, continue your college career here at Buff State? Um, it was the culture that we had on the team. Like, I talked to Coach, and originally I wasn't thinking about even running track, but one of my friends that runs, he decided to, like, let me know and tell me to talk to the coach. So when I talked to him, he was like, we'll take it day by day, and then eventually I met the team, and it was just, like, so healthy. It was such a empowering environment to be around. There was no, like, animosity. It was everyone just working together towards something. Yeah, so before we get into talking about your head coach, like, what about the team in general? Like, what is the vibe like? I mean, you mentioned some of the things that, you know, kind of lured you here to Buff State, but what else about the team is just, you know, that much better? Um, it's really fun. Everyone gets along like we've met, like we've met years ago. Like, right off the bat, I had people coming up to me, talking to me, making me feel comfortable, and that's what we do for other people. Like, it's a lot of goofiness. We're always laughing between, like, reps, always making fun of each other, like, playfully, but it's just... It's a fun environment, and, like, we know when to be serious. We know when to take things, like, to the next level, but we also just cheer each other on. Um, all right, so you, you mentioned, you know, a little bit of your teammates. Uh, you know, talk about your head coach, uh, Chris Bostwick. I mean, he's pretty accomplished himself mm -hmm. you know, with some of the feats and accomplishments in his background. And, uh, you know, what has he done for you? And just, like, talk about him overall. Um, he's done a lot. For me in particular, um, when I, like I said, when I first got here, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to run or not. So he told me, we'll take it step by step. You can talk to me about anything. You can come to me about whatever you need and we'll sort it out from there. And he's just, he's helped me excel and he showed me so many new things to learn about, not only just track, but about how it's like going to take you through life and everything. He's like, he's a big leadership person, I would say. Like he prepares you for things that aren't just on the track for like jobs and everything but he gets me everything I need anytime I need a water anytime I need athletic trainer to come help like he's on top of it he's everywhere and nowhere at the same time because you never see <laughs> him <laughs> nice sounds like a good man though uh, so do you prefer to follow a training plan or do you just kind of like wake up and decide how far and fast you want to run that type of thing um me personally I am a very, like, on-track person. Like, I need a list and set of things to do or else I won't know what to do. Like, having a list and knowing when I'm going to run, what time, like, at a meet, what time I should eat, what time I should warm up. Like, those are the things that really matter to me. I need, like, a set schedule in order to, like, be successful in my stance. Yeah, so I guess a good follow-up question to that is, like, what, what does a, a day look like for you? Like, either for, like, a meet or just, like, a practice in general for track and field? Um, usually a meet, he, so the night before we go to bed at around 11 and then wake up around seven to eat breakfast. And we usually get to the track about two or two hours before the meet actually starts. That way it gives you time to digest, gets you time to relax, get to know where the starts are and everything. Um, and then depending when my event is at, so we'll say it's at four, I would warm up at three o'clock and get a full hour warm-up and do strides, sprints, spikes on, and everything. And then I kind of just chill for the last 10 minutes before my actual race. I don't really do block starts at the line. I just do them before so that I feel prepared. What's your go-to pre-run or pre-race snack if you got one or meal? 
Um, they're like these. It's kind of gross. I don't know if you guys like dark chocolate, but I eat. <laughs> oh, I like dark chocolate. I mess with dark chocolate. <laughs> it's dark. It's a like dark dark chocolate peanut butter bar with like hmm. cranberries and raisins in it. I could just like down like two of those and be amped up. Hmm. Uh, you lost me at raisins, but everything else <laughs> that sounds great. I w- that sounds fantastic. Um, is there like a, a like a pregame song that you listen to, or something else like outside your warm up and like or a snack or a meal that you that you do before your races? Um. So I don't really follow the normal, like, athlete plan, I guess. I don't really listen to music while I warm up. Mm. So I kind of just am in the zone thinking about what I have to run in my actual race. Like, I'll go to coach and I'll be like, what do I have to do to win? And he'll lead me through it and I'll still be scared, but I'll just do it anyway. So I don't really listen to music. I kind of just think. (laughs) Um, So what is, like, your actual favorite event or, like, event you feel most comfortable in running or doing hurdles in? Um, it's weird because the 400 has had like a big impact and like it has my heart since like seventh grade, but I just started hurdles, uh, sophomore year of high school. So, but I actually, I love them so much. So it's hard. I I can't pick. I love the 400 and I love the hurdles. It's a hard one. I would say, I would say the 400 though. It's been with me the longest. So I know how it works. I know it's coming. So running in all these events, like what has been the most challenging one for you to adapt to at the college level? Um, I would say definitely hurdles. There's a lot more technical stuff that I didn't know played into a part of it when I got here. Like you see these seniors and they have the exact form you would need to run a super fast time. And then you'll see me next to them. And although I'm fast, you can see key differences in how their form creates versus my, how my form creates. So I would just say it's very technical. Can you like walk us through some of those technical, you know, things? Because like obviously hurdles to me, it would just be running and jumping over mm-hmm. them. But like just you mentioned the technical details. Can you just kind of uh, you know mention and explain some of those? Yeah. So um, for hurdles, you want to go into it like it's weird. The start, you want to run it like it's a regular race. Like you're getting out the blocks. You want to get it, but you also want to lift your head right over so that you can see when you're going to hit the hurdle. You don't want to go over it with a straight leg. You want to have dorsiflex feet with bent knee, and you want to make sure that your your lead leg is going at just as fast as your trail leg. Your trail leg should be almost snapping over as your lead leg's going over. So it's a very fast pace, but you also want to stay consistent. You don't want to mess up. So we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, the most challenging, you know, events, but what has been in your career thus far your best running experience? As a season or just event-wise? Um, just a, a particular event. Um, I would say it's hard because I've been going back and forth with the hurdles. Um, I PR'd almost every meet, so it's for, for almost both events. But I would say I've excelled way more than I thought I would have in the 400. The hurdles, I kind of was just cracking down on the times, but I was making like one to two second differences in the 400, which is like big in the track community. Yeah, so, I mean, you're talking about the 400s a little bit here, and you actually got NCAA All-American honors in the, in, in the 400, like, meter. Just, like, just talk about, like, that experience and that feeling of, of getting those honors, like, very early on in your track career here at Buff State. Um, honestly, I wasn't expecting it at first. My coach, you know, he kind of expected it. He said anything can happen, just go for it. Um, I was initially coming into nationals as like a, okay, this is like a freshman year. I got here. It's going to be an experience that I can use to like make myself better. 
But when you're in the race with, like, these people that are faster than you and you have such a competitive drive, it just puts everything else to the side. So when I first initially made it to finals, I was just so, like, amazed. I was like, wow, I didn't think I was going to do this. Like, it was just – it was a really empowering experience that, like, got me ready for the next day. Well, so now that – I mean, you mentioned that you were kind of just coming in there just to kind of get your feet wet, get the experience, but – kind of like shattered your own expectations in a sense you got the all-american you got a lot of other feats that we can just talk about for hours honestly um but now that you you know got that under your belt like how do you like move forward with that like you you already accomplished something so astonishing early on in your career um i try to make it more more even more accomplished so break (laughs) my own times and you know set more records, keep setting them, like hold my own titles, basically. And by holding my own titles, it's going to get me faster because everyone's always getting faster. I mean, you already hold a lot of titles. Evan talking about it, the resume speaks for itself. <laughs> but are there any running goals that you haven't hit yet that you would like to? Um, Most definitely. I want to be able to control what I do in the race versus having my coach tell me what to do. Because usually I'll get really nervous and I'll be like, okay, tell me when to – Tell me when to start moving. Tell me when to hit my times. I want to be able to navigate that kind of on my own. Like, okay, I know I should be moving faster right now. Let's move faster. So just kind of gaining my own self-control on the track. Um, so, you know, I mean, gaining self-control on the track, like what is the most challenging part of track and field? You can, you can kind of elaborate on that for us. Um, I would say it's the want and how much you want something because a lot of people, a lot of people, they, they go, they say they want it, and then they don't do it. It matters of how much gut you have, like how much grit, what you want to actually do, and how you're going to get there. So, I mean, like I said, like a lot of people, they, they want it, they say they want it, and then their times don't show for it. But you have to have like a different type of mindset. You know it's not always going to work out, but even when your body's hurting, that's when you drive that much more. That makes you get there you mentioned that you have a really you know competitive drive and spirit and then you also have a want like like how do you get that want by you know the meet time because like everyone's kind of in a different mindset in, in you know in in the race but like you've had you know these accomplishments but you got a certain want for for the race like what gets you into that mindset um honestly just like seeing my competitors and seeing how how serious they take it it makes you want to take it to the next level so Watching them warm up and everything versus me, I mean, you kind of just, you see it and it makes you, it makes you want to be better than them. It's part of the competitiveness. Like you see them, they want it, but you want it more and you know you want it more. That makes it just 10 times more crazy when it gets to the track. So, I mean, you say you have a competitive drive and it shows, I mean, you have the record at Buff State for the 400 meters inside at 55.96. I mean, what was that kind of for you, just beating the record? I mean, did you even know at the beginning that you beat the record? Um, so initially, uh, I broke the record the first day. So I was, like, I was excited about it for sure. Like, I was like, wow, it's like this is crazy. I didn't expect it. But when I broke it the second time, it was kind of just like, I can do it again from now on. So it wasn't like a big... It wasn't a big like, oh my gosh, I did it. It was like that the first day kind of, but it was just I still had to compete. So I was still just focused on running faster anyways. Yeah, with all these accomplishments and, you know, you talked about it, talking to your coach, getting like in the the details and all the technical things uh, right. But like when you're about to go out in the track, 
are you like mentally like is that all you're thinking about are you just like zoning out and just focusing on the race um so i feel like a lot of people zone out but like for me when i'm getting to the blocks i kind of just take a look and i take a look back at or like a look ahead about who i'm racing against and i kind of just i kind of almost match myself up I look at them and I I just think to my head I'm like yeah I could beat her I got a little longer legs than her I could I could beat her stride so it's more of just like me trying to kind of predict the race before it happens like okay I see these people I think I can beat them so let's try to beat them and then the gun goes off and I'm just like run <laughs> um, so you know kind of the end of your freshman year in track and field indoor. Um, just like looking back on it, all the accomplishments that, you know, you, that you got and, you know, accomplished, like looking back on it, like it's got to feel pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. It's a, it's a really cool thing to go into knowing, like just knowing that I never planned on running initially and then to have all of these, have all of these accomplishments, like it's like a real, it's like a motivator. It's like, I know I can do it now. So I just have to keep on doing it and just keep on getting better. So every runner at some point, I feel like they feel like an ache or a pain or something that, you know, you ask yourself, like, should I keep going? So what are some like little things that you try to do to prevent, you know, injuries and those aches and pains? Um, well, we have a athletic, we have a couple athletic trainers and coach always tells us like anytime, like set up an email and go to them. So, um, we usually just go to them. They work us out. They give us like, they tell us to come back if they feel like we need to reevaluate what's going on and help it a little more but they're definitely like a big impact on like our health and everything so you are moving on into outdoor track and field if i get that right correct mm -hmm. um so talk about that like the expectations you have for your your first year in outdoor um it's kind of like the same thing as indoor like i don't have any real expectations but i have goals almost so it's like my goal is to qualify for nationals again. The expectation of that, I don't know, because I don't know what time I, I'm going to end up running. So just, like, qualifying, keeping keeping the records that I have sustained and everything, and then going to nationals, continuing to, like, just progress and beat my competition. Is there any differences in running outdoor versus indoor? And if there is, just kind of, like, talk about the little slight differences, you know, running indoor versus outdoor. Um, I think there's, like, big differences to be honest, um, on an indoor track, a 400 is two laps, and you cut into lane one if you're in lane six. And for outdoor, it's nine lanes, flat track, and way bigger surface area to cover. So in, in an indoor track, the outside is still the same distance as the inside, and plus everyone cuts in, so it doesn't really matter. Outdoors, you stay in lanes for the full entire race. So if you're in lane nine versus lane two, you have to run that much more distance than the person on the inside so i would say like the main difference is like just the track and everything outside of the sport of track and field just running in general are you like a like a distance runner like and if so what's the the longest you've ever run in terms of like mileage um i don't really run outside a track for fun because hmm. I, I mean track is fun enough how it is mm -hmm. so i don't really feel the need to do any outside work hmm. but i was a cross-country runner for seven years so the longest distance I've ran was at practice, and it was ten miles consecutively. So same here. I didn't do it for <laughs> didn't do it for cross country just for leisure. I'm probably thinking, why would somebody ever subject themselves to that for leisure? But no, good for you. That's awesome. Thank you. Did you get a time on those ten miles, or did you just go ten miles just to see if you can do ten miles? Um, we never got an overall time, but our mile splits for each range from like seven minutes and thirty seconds to 
eight minutes and 30 seconds. So between those two, it was a, it was a pretty constant pace. Yeah. So like doing like, like cross country, like what did you, what did you do to like run those longer distances? Was there like a, a prep that you did throughout the off season getting into, you know, your cross country season? Yeah. So, uh, for high school, our, our cross country coach, he held summer camps too. So we would train all summer and then go into the fall season, kind of almost ready to go. So we would do mile repeats, 1,000 repeats at, like, super stride pace. Do we do 10 200s with 30-second breaks in between? We just continuously work on our endurance and our lactic acid and our legs, like, pushing past the burning point because there's hills and everything. So we'd run up sand hills, do some mile repeats on that, and kind of just, yeah. All right. Outstanding. So before we kind of wrap up, uh, you know, the interview here, um, what has been your favorite memory at Buffalo State so far? I'm sure that's probably a little hard to answer because you still got many more years here and many more memories to uh, accomplish, but just what has been your favorite memory so far here at Buffalo State? Um, it actually happened recently, I would say. It was actually after I got home from Nationals, and uh, I just was walking into my boyfriend's room, and he said he had a surprise for me, so I was like, maybe it's just a clean room. And <laughs> and so I walk in and I see like all of my friends and they have cake and they have cupcakes and like candles going and they're like, you got number five, like we're so proud of you, like playing music. And it was like, it was a really great experience because I've never had like that type of planning or like surprise done for me. So it was like, it was a really good core memory for sure. That's outstanding. In order to participate in a sport like this, you have to at least enjoy it somewhat. But what do you not like about running, if anything? Oh, when it hurts. <laughs> when when yeah. we have to do three 300s and then have a 400 right after. Mm-hmm. And it's like no one wants to do it at all. We're tired. Our lungs hurt. Our backs hurt. But you just got to do it anyways. I would say that's probably the worst. It's just being tired. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so our final question here, we always do a segment on Buff, you know, for Buff State Athletics. It's called Top 3. Um, and you have been in a plethora of events um, throughout your freshman year and probably throughout your high school and middle school career running in track as well. Uh, what are your top three favorite events to compete in? Um, I would say 100 hurdles, 400, and 200. Those are probably my favorite. I love just running over hurdles. I love hopping. And then I've just ran the 400 so so long that I've developed like so much love for it it's just something i was born to run instead of anything else and then the 200 it's just a dead out sprint it's just you gotta go it's so so fun it's over in less than 30 seconds all right matt oh wait wait wait, hold on one more thing so this is gonna sound i can't say this without sounding weird in any way but i did a little instagram stalking before you (laughs) came in just to see if there's like anything you know worthy of note on there and i see you saw destroy lonely at the venue on super bowl sunday yeah is it bad that i missed super bowl sunday for that well i was there too i was there too i missed it too and i'm a big football fan myself but i mean it seemed like you were in there did you enjoy it because i myself i couldn't last like five minutes in there those opium fans they're just they're just different man like just i'm getting pinballed all over the place like i'm a rather diminutive fellow so i'm just getting knocked all over the place and just being in that surrounded by all those sweaty men that reek of bo but the show itself was good i mean did you enjoy it yeah, I mean, it was my first concert, oh, so really? for for a first one, it wasn't bad. I'm not gonna lie. I was a part of the moshing. Mm-hmm. I was a 
I kind of in like induced my strength and just was shoving <laughs> men left and right. Yeah, I wish so. I had that. Same, I could not summon that same strength. I was like <laughs> off to the side, but the show was good. The show was good. It was, no, it was, yeah, it was a good it was time. Good. Well, that's venue for you. <laughs> that will be venue for you. All right, Nat, I just want to say thank you for joining this show. And, um, you know, all of us here wish you the best of luck, um, you know, not only next season, but, you know, for your outdoor track as well. That has been Nat Sawyer for Buffalo State Track and Field. Right after this, we'll be right back on the Blitz to talk Devin Levi getting signed to the Buffalo Sabres on his entry-level contract. We'll be right back after this quick break.